So the origins of using the rainbow to discuss covenant are not just because they make it easy to memorize. They come from our Jewish and Christian roots and the original Noah story. I had to go back and look at the story for myself um, because it's one that has become so familiar that I felt like I was losing some of the details. And I was really interested to find that in the story, at the beginning, God is really upset and grieving because people and animals and the things that God has created turn out to be violent. And God's really disappointed in God's self. But the flood doesn't come right away in a flash of anger the way I remembered it. God really takes God's time about it. God finds Noah, who is a devout man and a peaceful man, and God decides, okay, I'm going to spare this family. And so, Noah, you need to do all of these things. You need to build a giant ark. You need to waterproof the ark. You need to find two of every breeding animal and every creeping thing and every bird. And you need to find a few extra. And then you need to stock the ark with food, Noah. Lots of food. And I'm going to walk you onto the ark, and I'm going to shut the door behind you. Then the floods start. And the waters come down and down for 40 days and 40 nights until even the mountains are covered. All those other humans, all those other animals are covered. And Noah and his little family and all of those animals, can you imagine, are locked in an ark. And after 140 days, things start to calm down. And God remembers Noah and sends out a wind over the face of the waters and quiets the flood.
and it takes a long, long time for things to dry up. But finally, they land on Mount Ararat, and Noah and his family come out. And the first thing they do is they build an altar and a few of those extra animals that God asked for, they sacrifice. And it's not until then that God says, all right, I can change. I'm not going to do that ever, ever again to the people and the animals I have created. And to signify that and to remember that, God had to remember Noah. God's not perfect in that moment. God puts a rainbow in the sky. I promise. I promise I won't do that again. I change. I remember a moment in my own life when I was furious with my partner at the time. And in the family that I grew up in, when you were furious, you either said absolutely nothing or you screamed, right? Those were the two options. But with this new person in this new relationship, when I screamed, He didn't. He just kind of talked to me like normal. This was an option I had never seen before. I learned something new. I learned a different way to be in relationship. I learned a different way to be angry. And it reminded me of the Noah story. Because when I read it again, I thought, God had to have Noah show him there was a different way to respond to fury. There was some other thing you could do and still be in relationship. And then I looked at the beautiful questions. They're called wondering questions that we use in spirit play in religious education with this Noah story. I wonder what you thought about God making the whole earth flood. I wonder if you've ever gotten so angry 
you've lashed out and hurt someone or something you loved or even something you created? I wonder how God felt about his or her choices after he or she calmed down. I wonder what it means to love someone and also be angry at them. These are the questions we ask our children to think about and reflect on. And then we bring it back. And we remind ourselves, how are we in relationship, in covenant with each other? Covenant with each other. Covenant with ourselves. The story of Noah and God reminds me that we first must make a promise, a covenant to ourselves if we want to be in right relationship. Now mind you, I didn't say if we want to never get angry because sure as heck that's going to happen, right? We are a covenantal, covenantal community. Every Sunday you hear that. We are a covenantal community. We read that every week together. I think the children have it right when they use these rainbow posters. Thank you. Um, to remind us what our covenant and our principles teach us. In theory, it's not that hard. In practice, not so much. Covenant promise. There are all kinds of promises, covenants that we make in our day-to-day -day life. When we sign a lease for a new apartment, we're making a covenant with the landlord or the the business, the organization that we're renting from. Some of us make contracts in our jobs where we sign a contract to promise our services, our knowledge, and the contract back is that we will give you a fair wage. Marriage is a 
covenant. It's a state contract, but it's a covenant. It's a promise in sickness and in health till death do us part. That's a pretty strong covenant. We have covenants and purposes and principles in Unitarian Universalism and in this congregation. But I think it's most important to have a covenant with ourselves in our own hearts and to update it. How many of you were part of the process of writing the covenant that we say every Sunday? Okay, I see a few hands over here on the right. I guess these are the oldies but goodies, huh? Okay. Um, if you're not familiar with that process or things in our congregation, Talk to the people on this side. They'll, they'll bring you up to date. <laughs> it's a long process if you're doing it in community. And if you're doing it to make a covenant without already having a covenant, they can be all kinds of roadblocks. And so, as a congregation struggles to make their own covenant one with another, they're already building a covenant. And if you go into the process with your own covenant in any of these things, whether it's signing a lease, being in community in your congregation, being in community at your work, the work will be easier. We heard today that a covenant and a creed are very different. And when people ask us, what do Unitarian Universalists believe, we often say what we don't. Well, we don't have a creed. What would that sound like if we say, we are a covenantal community. We have a covenant, one with another, together in community, that binds us together. It doesn't force us together, it binds us together. In our reading today, a covenant was described as something that is open to change, for us to be present as best we can, to have trust and courage. Trust and courage. Those are the two key words here. Please don't raise your hand when I ask you this question. How many of you have complete trust in the people that you're sitting near in this congregation? Second, don't raise your hand this time either. How many of you have the courage to admit that you don't trust the people in this congregation. You don't trust the leaders. You don't trust each other. And then address it to be in covenant. 
This requires a personal covenant with yourself, with your heart. I've been in a lot of churches. I've never been in one where there wasn't discord or distrust somewhere along the line. Those people may not be here today, or they might. We are a polite congregation. So for those of you who are struggling with trust, I know you're not going to say anything. This is New England after all. Covenant, it's a hard thing, and it's a necessity. And for a congregation like this, that is out in the world all the time, making change, fighting for what is right, there is nothing more precious than coming back here to be in covenant with each other. Hold that thought. Can I Thank you. I grew up Catholic, and during the Mass, there are many prayers that you say that we learn in Sunday school, and we better learn them fast or the nuns will let us know with a slap on our hand. I'm old enough to remember that. And so during the Mass, the prayers are said in community. It goes something like this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth and all Amen. Been there, okay. Think about, think about what that means when you have 100 or 200 people in a congregation praying like that. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with us, blessed art thou among women, blessed fruit of our womb, Jesus. Amen. Um, we, our covenant should be sacred. And if it's sacred, it should hold deep meaning in our spiritual world. And it says that, in covenant with one another and all we hold sacred. It doesn't say comma, including this covenant, but you might think about adding that, huh? We answer the call of love, welcoming all people into the celebration of life. Those are such beautiful words. Have you meditated on that piece of our covenant? Have you looked at the words deeply and wondered how we as a community and how each of us as individuals live that out? Answering the call of love, welcoming all people into the celebration of life. Not only is that a command not a commandment, a command for life within our congregation. But if we practice that and live it outside of these walls, we will stay in right relationship with one another. Searching for truth and meaning and striving for justice and compassion.
I think we're pretty good at that. I think that is a place where those of us, let me correct that, those of you, I don't want to include me in this, those of you who are out in the streets fighting for change, protecting those who need our protection, remembering the privilege we carry when we go out into the streets, the privilege that allows us to take risk. And yet, can we do that without coming back within the community and within ourselves to be nurtured as we strive for justice and compassion and truth and meaning. To nourish and serve each other, our community and our world. That's a lot to ask. How do we nourish each other? And can we nourish each other without nourishing ourselves? And so this will bring me back to my soapbox, spiritual practice and spiritual discipline. If you can find something, poetry, nature, the Bible, our covenant, to pray or meditate with, to read regularly, you will find that you are nourishing your own heart and soul, and that will make you a warrior for what is just and what is right. Please join me in reading our covenant together. We covenant with one another. first two lines, in covenant with one another and all we hold sacred. The next two lines, we answer the call of love, welcoming all people into the celebration of life. And the next two lines. Searching for truth and meaning and striving for justice and compassion. And let us finish it. To nourish and serve each other, our community and our world. Amen.